Did you happen to catch the movie Uppity on Netflix? It chronicles the career of Willie T. Ribs on the IndyCar and sports car series. I caught up with David Dalton Jr., an African-American race car driver who competed last year on the Lucas Oil Formula Car Series and talked to him about his career and some of the challenges that he's faced being an African-American race car driver with dreams of racing in the Indianapolis 500. Stay tuned. Hundreds of drivers with dozens of teams compete in multiple series with one ultimate goal, to race in the Indianapolis 500. Yet each year, only 33 dreams come true. These are the stories that make up the 33 dreams of Indy. Welcome back to 33 Dreams of Indy. I'm joined today by David Dalton Jr. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing very good, very good. Uh, David has participated in the Lucas Oil School of Racing shootout and also in the series last year. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about his attempts to get a ride for 2020. Um, we'll also talk about some of the historical significance of uh, David uh, going through racing. Um, I know that you point out you just recently released a video that was an application to the Rev Drive for Diversity program in NASCAR. Uh, seat time is seat time. Uh, so tell me a little bit about that uh, video. And, and uh, in it, you mentioned that you just got started racing in February of uh, 2018. Is that correct? Yes, a uh, very late start in terms of, or compared to almost every other driver. <laughs> but um, before that, like from 2010, I got my first racing wheel. And from then, I just, I found simulation programs like Gran Turismo and stuff. And from there, I just learned what, it, what it's like to be on four wheels. I learned vehicle dynamics, uh, car control. And when I finally got the opportunity to race a cart indoor i was just relaying all that knowledge that i learned and from there <laughs> yeah i was just building on top of it building a foundation and um yeah about the rev racing drive for diversity program that video um so i'm in a band we're based in charlotte my rhythm guitarist he's he's on a race team in arca he's on okay. venturini motorsports okay they're dominating the field currently and um we did that video at his shop and um i did my little intro uh got the best audio that we could i think it sounded good <laughs> but um yeah it's our band is pretty involved in motorsports i would say but um <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to include a link uh, to the video uh, here with uh, the show when we uh, post this so that uh, folks can check that out. Um, Drive for Diversity program, uh, maybe a few more seats in the NASCAR series when you talk about, you brought up ARCA, you also talk about some of the regional series, the, the local short track series, so that Drive for Diversity program has a little bit more seats that people will get into in comparison to the road to Indy. So uh, I, I give you an attaboy for uh, going ahead and, and uh, reaching out and uh, making that application that goes on to it. Um, yeah. Your <laughs> karting, very successful in the karting, at least uh, there at your, your local track, uh, got you some attention in that you were able to race in the Lucas Oil School of Racing shootout. 
that was uh, not the, the this past year, the year before. And I, I see your fifth place finish uh, plaque there behind you. Uh, tell me about yes. that experience. How did you apply for it? Uh, walk me through uh, where where was that one held? Was that held at uh, uh, Sebring or or where was your yes, shootout? That was at yeah, Sebring. Yeah, respect Man. the bumps. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That was such an amazing experience. The, the Lucas Oil team, uh, I can't thank them enough for the feedback they've given me. Because they, it, it taught me a lot about myself and myself as a driver and, and how I deal with pressure. Because everything was new to me at that point. And at that time, I only had eight months of racing experience. So um, prior to that shootout in November 2018, I... Uh, I did the Lucas Oil School at the North Sebring track. So I did a, a two-day program where they basically had us drive out, learn the car. Um, they taught us almost everything about the car as far as how to work the gearbox. I had never driven a paddle shifted gearbox at that point. I, I haven't even driven a race car at that point. I, so <laughs> everything was pretty, pretty new. Um, but it, it really felt like I was at home. As soon as I got in the car, just it, it felt so familiar. So, at the end of those two days, I ended up uh, clocking the fastest time out of the maybe twelve drivers that were there. I didn't think much of it just because it was my first time. I'm like, it's probably their first time as well, and uh, I know I'm not even close to my prime yet because I'm, I'm still learning, and I'm I'll never stop learning. Now, that's one thing I've. I uh, go through life thinking I will never stop learning. But um, yeah, after I did that uh, school, they basically rec recommended me to do the shootout. And when, when they told me that, I was like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> because when I hear shootout and cart to car, it's like, I, I, I just remember myself picturing so much pressure being put on top of me. Like I knew, or they even told me the top 30 cart racers from North and South America were going to be there. I'm like, Oh, I'm really going to get trampled. <laughs> but, um, once, once we got to Sebring back to Sebring again, um, I just, I put my mind in a focused state. Like I, I had no type of, fear in the world and that's one thing you have to have uh as a racing driver you can't be afraid to drive if there's a if there's a, ever a time where you're afraid to drive, yeah you should you, you should really think your profession but um yeah it was so well, like, we went we, i like yeah, to stress that the shootout is so much more than driving um yes. what what the lucas oil school does uh neil anderson and and rc and the, and the folks that run that school presented by cooper tire um they they are really looking at the driver overall i i've shared this on the podcast but i'll share it with you um i attended this year i cannot tell who was in which car I didn't know the helmets. I didn't know unless wow. unless somebody said, "Oh, that's my little Johnny in the banana car or the green car or the red car." I didn't know who was in the car, but yet wow. you could tell by people attending the classes 
by changing weather conditions. So we went from fog to 80 degrees one day. Um, mm-hmm. So the way the drivers either tensed up or were approaching it, like you talked about that lack of fear or that focus, and then being attentive to the feedback that the coaches uh, gave, uh, I had a short list of, of seven and, and uh, four of the top five were in my seven because this was the overall approach that these drivers were taking. And, and right. uh, so I, I think the school saw a bit of that in you, plus the ability to back it up with the, the speeds that were in there. Uh, finishing fifth sounds great. You get the nice little plaque. What did that really do for you? Or where did that take you then with the Lucas Oil Formula School um, and the, the formula series in, in the upcoming year. So you went, you transitioned into that, correct? Yes. Um, when I was awarded the fifth, pro, fifth place, which was the final podium position, it melt, well, melt, <laughs> words, um, it meant so much to me. Like it, it, it told me that one, I belong here. I did uh, a phenomenal job I felt for the lack of time that I have had in the car and performing under pressure. Um, it was the, I felt it was the start of something really special for me and for uh, my family going forward because I, I am a first generation racer. Um, my father never raced, my mother was never into it. Um, my uncles, they messed around with cars back in the day, but they didn't really go far into it. But um, yeah, after I did the shootout, I, um, I was awarded two three-day um, lapping sessions that I um, redeemed in Laguna Seca. So I, I drove that legendary track. That, that was cool. That corkscrew, man. <laughs> it, when you're actually driving it, it doesn't feel as steep as it actually looks. For whatever reason, I, I feel like it's the sense of speed. Because you're focused, you have to hit the apex and just make sure you don't fly off. But... Um, so I did Laguna Seca and then I did, uh, the middle Ohio sports car course, which was the, uh, the start to the 2019 summer series. Okay. So, um, at that session, my fastest lap was a sec 1.3 seconds faster than the next person, which that blew me away. Cause I was just applying what I felt I learned from the shootout and, uh, from Laguna Seca and the, um, the basic three-day school. Um, uh, man, it's just th- thinking about it. It's, it feels like it was just yesterday because I've just, I've just come so far in such a short time. But um, yeah, I, I did that. I did that, um, that uh, lapping session. Felt so good about it. A- after that, after those two days, I was like, I'm ready. So... <laughs> We get to the, uh, the first race. I was put in a different car as always. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. the thing about the Lucas cars, they are identical, but they have their own characteristic to them. This new car I was put in, that thing was oversteery. It was about to take my head off, and it did. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I was like, all right. Because I, I felt myself not going anywhere. Like I felt so much more comfortable in the car I had before. And that's one thing you have to learn as a driver, being able to adapt to the different type of car conditions, track conditions. And that's what I learned in the time that I was competing in the uh, Lucas Oil School. Yeah. Um, 
So I got switched to a different car. Um, I, well, I didn't DNF that first race. I finished eighth or something like that. Cause I had, I had going into turn one, the oversteer just, uh, it caught me by surprise. Like it was mm -hmm. so much more severe at that point. So I got switched to a different car. That race, I started sixth. I drove up to first. I didn't finish first though. Here's what happened. <laughs> and it's, it's what motorsports is, but, um, at least it's not like a championship. Well, it was a championship, but not something that it's a uh, life or death situation. But um, they, the track marshals thought I had did something on track, like a really bad block or something. So they mistakenly called me into the pits. So uh, I, well, there, there was, it was a, it was really unorganized what, what the track marshals were doing. At one, at one corner, they were telling me one thing at the start finish line they were telling me another i was like well i don't want to get black flagged so <laughs> so i just came in knowing i was going to sacrifice that win right but um even even though i didn't win it told me a lot about uh not getting ahead of myself because i felt the confidence in the car that i had in that new car compared right. to the other one right. it was a bit more understeary but that's how i liked it so, um, but yeah, it's not, that it's not finished until the, the very end, until you're able to complete that and, and be able to finish the right. race, uh, to be able to, uh, actually see it all the way through. And, and especially right. in those cars, when you get into the drafting and if somebody gets a, mm -hmm. a good run on you, the number of, uh, lead changes or, or position changes that can occur lap after lap is really uh, something else. Yeah. Uh, you competed in um, the the car series 12 out of 18 starts. I see uh, you did actually break through for a win, three podium finishes. Uh, tell me about the yes. win that you had um, and uh, what that feeling was like. So uh, my first win was at uh, the National Corvette Museum, like I had mentioned earlier before we started the stream. Yeah. Um, so one thing about that race was it was the hottest race. So uh, a lot of stress was put on our uh, mental and physical uh, state, you know, like we had to manage ourselves in the car, like not overwork ourselves. And we also had to worry about the tire temperatures and the brake temperatures um, and just pacing ourselves, you know. Um, it, it was, I think it was one of the closest races I've ever had just because um, me and another driver going through the back straight, there's a, a, a fast right-hander. We're going like 105 through that corner. We were sideways. We were <laughs> side by side, sideways. We were just sliding through that corner. And I could actually feel the tire grip just start fading away as we kept going and going because it was so hot out there. It was 94 degrees. Mm -hmm. Like it was August, full sun, no cloud for miles. <laughs> but um, here, here's something about that, the start of that weekend. So okay. me and my father, we drove down to that race for the first day. Uh, I think it was either Thursday or Friday. Um, we drove all night about he drove, he drove a total of 15, 14 hours. I drove a total of eight. So he came to get me from New Jersey and then mm -hmm. we went over together. Mm -hmm. So I was dead tired when we got there. 
I had never been to that track before and neither had anyone else. The first session, I went four tenths fastest uh, to the than the next person. The second session, I think I was maybe one tenth faster. Mm-hmm. And then we just started like swapping and swapping uh, between four of us drivers. And it was not even separated by more than two tenths. Most times, half a tenth. And that was, it was really ramping up to be a really close race. And I was lucky, lucky to get away with, because uh, they, were, they were on my bumper and I was just pacing myself, make, trying to make any mistakes. Breathing, breathing is a big part. <laughs> uh, breathing is a big part of uh, maintaining your mental state and physical um, posture in the car. So um, yeah, that, that win meant a lot to me. First yeah. win. <laughs> your, yeah. your win, so having your father there, uh, what is your father's support meant to you? Uh, in racing, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, the the confidence that you've had as you've approached the races. But uh, your father's support, what does that mean to you? Yes, uh, my my dad's been there since day one. He's um, always told me, just put my mind what I want to do, and he'll help me get there um, until you can't anymore. Like that's when I take off because I've uh, found my foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, He's been there uh, for me in the car, in the carts, and since uh, I started car car racing, mm-hmm. um, I I'll be honest, it has been a bit difficult, but uh, nothing is easy about racing. Our relationship with each other, mm-hmm. um, I've had to basically. Um, well, since my Formula Four debut, I've had to uh, basically isolate myself to really reflect and focus on going into 2020 because mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of things that were on my mind and somewhat distracting me from just the, like, I guess not what I've had to been, be doing, but uh, just moving forward. Like if, if I was still in the same place that I was after my Formula Four debut, I probably wouldn't have made that rev racing drive for diversity video right. and okay. other campaigns that have started. But um, yeah, my father, he, I love him so much. He's, he's been to hell and back for me. Mm-hmm. I can't deny that. Uh, so, so, so being the, being the old wise one with the bald head here, um, get used to it because that's what life is, is the ability yes. <laughs> to reflect and uh, um, you find out that you're, constantly going to ask yourself, uh, what do I want to be when I grow up? Um, and it's that, um, um, when I've done coaching of business professionals, the tighter that they can make that check-in status, the tighter that they can make that accountability cycle with themselves and with those that are around them, uh, the more that they progress, the quicker that they're able to progress. So, um, it's good reflections that you have there. Um, just going to come right out and, and say that uh, um, there's headwinds I'm sure that you face that I'll never know in my life. Um, as far as, um, you know, you're, you're applying with diversity, uh, being an African-American uh, driver, um, there have only been two uh, that have uh, competed in the um, Indy 500. 
um, yeah. with uh, Willie T. Ribs and George Mack. I, I had the pleasure of seeing him finish 17th in 2002, right. one of my first uh, Indy 500s that were there. Uh, diversity is very important. Um, folks have heard me on this uh, show if they listen. Every single Indy 500 that I've been to, it has either been lady and or ladies and gentlemen, start your engines, although I think it should just be drivers, start your engines. Um, but yeah. having that <laughs> distinction, um, because there have been uh, a, a female driver in every single year, and, and uh, we're still uh, knocking on wood that uh, Pippa will uh, be able to be in the race this year, uh, somehow, mm -hmm. some way. Um, Talk to me about that headwind that you face. Um, I've never heard you in any of our interactions bring it up or, or talk about that, um, but I'm sure that it's something that you've faced. Yes. So um, dating back to when I was a little kid, I grew up in a very diverse town. We, it was, it's Montclair, New Jersey. Um, everywhere you turn, you have different types of uh, culture and just uh reflection of religion and stuff like it's it's such a melting pot of the tri-state area if mm -hmm. i feel we have celebrities come through so many uh festivals african-american festivals indian festivals whatever it may be mm -hmm. um so i basically learned to not see color i just learned to see personality and see uh you know just compatibility with the world around me. Um, now, going up to 2011, 2012, before I started uh, car racing, kart racing, I raced BMX bikes. Are you familiar with uh, BMX racing? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, that can be just as competitive and almost like a travel soccer type of environment of uh, yeah. going to all of those events. Yeah, so the thing about BMX racing was, or the track that I went to, it was in central New Jersey. It was like the Alabama of New Jersey. Being the only, and yes, I was the only black rider there. Being the only black rider there, I got a lot of looks. I didn't notice it at the time, but my father did, because my father has a different mindset than I do. Um, grew up in different times, you know, but... um. I just went about my business. I raced. I didn't really think about who was looking at me, who were staring at me, uh, thinking whatever they want to. I was just out there having fun, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to try to succeed in. BMX racing didn't last long, mainly because uh, <laughs> my dad kept talking to me about, about it and how he made <laughs> So it was in Howell, New Jersey. I've heard many times it be called Howell Bama. <laughs> so Howell and Alabama. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it was, it was, BMX racing is a predominantly a white sport. I haven't seen many black riders, but um, over the years, as I moved away from BMX racing, I have seen more black riders come through and I'm sure there have been, but not in that area. But um, going into car racing and kart racing, uh, being in North Carolina, coming here in 2016, it was a big culture change because I am in the South now. I'm not over up in the city. And I have had my, uh, not altercations, but uh, situations where my color has been brought up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why? You know, then I had to 
step back and think where I am, the people that are around me and what I'm doing or what they're doing. Um, I, I, re I really don't try to bring up race or, race or ethnicity when it comes to a lot of things, just because that's not how I was raised. That's not the uh, environment that I was brought up in. So when it comes to racing, whoever it may be, if they succeed, I'm happy for them. Mm -hmm. Not if it's about color, but when it comes to now, seeing how hard it is for me to get into racing, I have to take into account my color. So that's when the Rev Racing Jaffa Diversity Program will hopefully be to my uh, um, aid or advantage, <laughs> not being Caucasian. But um, yeah, I well, really- you know, and, and there, there we're even into it right there where it, it, it's not an advantage. It's a program that's set up that you are um, participating in, that you're looking at. Um, Part of what I'm going to be highlighting in the, in the either next couple shows or a, a posting is the fundraising efforts that drivers um, are making, whether that be male, female, younger, older, um, whatever color they are. Money is uh, no bucks, no buck Rogers. Uh, it's part of why I give the opportunity for drivers to give shout outs to their families and give shout outs to uh, those uh, companies that do sponsor them uh, because it's yeah. very important to give back. So when these programs are available, um, I'm going to use this as a little bit of a, a, a teaching aspect here. So bear with me for a second. Um, David took the initiative and reached out to me. Uh, younger drivers need to do that no matter what you look like in the mirror when you look or whatever's looking back at you in the mirror um, it's yourself it's what's inside and do you have that drive do you have the dream to be one of the 33 or one of those that that you say I want to take my career to the highest possible level uh, because e even as a as a youngster if you don't make it to the 33, you will learn lessons that you'll be able to apply for the rest of your life in business, in raising a family, in the way that you want your sons and daughters to take a look at the world and, and not give up. So uh, David did that, and uh, it's an opportunity for me to shine a light on uh, diversity, to shine a light on um, uh, Black History Month and, and the, the drivers that are on there. Um, I'm going to get to and talk to you about uh, the, the movie Willie T. Ribs. I saw that you had some uh, reactions to uh, Uppity. Um, we'll get to that in just a bit. So um, I commend you for having the right spirit to reach out into it and take, um, yes, the word comes up again, advantage of the programs that are there. Um, but that advantage is also that if a, if uh, Cooper Tire is making available a set of tires or handcuff uh, for running a particular lap, take advantage of it, put your right foot down and go for it. Um, and so uh, that's, that's something where, okay, I'll put my little soapbox aside, but that's a part of it. Um, so you did, you did the, the Lucas oil, you then moved into, um, you had two different experiences with the F4 where you were running at Sebring, but I want to really particularly focus on, um, boy, did you move from one area, your two F4 starts of, of Sebring, starting in um, uh, Central Florida, 
um, where that was probably a pure race weekend, uh, to then go to the Circuit of the Americas, one of the largest fields I've ever seen for F4 um, that uh, was on the grid. The cars just kept going and going and going. And then a diverse race crowd that was actually there, um, which is kind of funny that they're they're rooting on one of the uh, uh, best racers in the world identifies himself as a British black. Um, so it's funny how the, the world can accept. Maybe we in this country need to uh, uh, take a step up. I, there, I got the soapbox out again. But talk to me about the experience at Coda. I'm sure that was something else. Oof. So at Circuit of the Americas, that was my first time ever seeing Formula One. Like I had always seen it on TV, but seeing it in person, it was just this type of aura that you would never get anywhere else. And then seeing one of my uh, childhood heroes, Lewis Hamilton, in the skin, that was also a moment I'll never forget. I, I, I remember exactly where I was as well when I first saw him. It was during the, uh, the driver parade uh, for the race, but um, man, that was, so I feel like to date, that is my best race. No, I didn't win, but it felt so much more special than the win that I had, mainly mm-hmm. because the amount of exposure that I had to the media. Like, um, I, immediately I was approached by uh, a lot of representatives from, uh, I guess, young drivers and Formula Four and the SCCA. They, they interviewed me. I went mm-hmm. up to a VIP booth and did an interview in front of, so many Formula One fans that had no idea that we were there or would be there until mm-hmm. they saw us out on track. And um, I made a lot of contacts that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I'm so grateful to be able to, to have been able to be a part of that. But um, yeah, my, we only had two races there and we had so, so, so limited time, but I made the most of it. But, um, yeah, did did you see that uh, highlight video that I put together of race two? I, yeah, I, yeah, the, I the did, car getting the air right next to me. <laughs> I did get to, did get to see that, and uh, I had to make sure that I wasn't watching a Washington Capitals hockey highlight um, <laughs> where you were getting hip checked. That was there. Um, also, yeah. uh, uh, paid attention to that particular race with uh, uh, Christian Bogle uh, coming out on top with the J. Howard Driver Development and, and uh, mm-hmm. got to talk to him about that experience when he was doing uh, testing at the Academy Drive uh, down in Palm Beach. And uh, I, I don't think his feet were still hitting the ground. And he's, he's my height, so uh, he, was, he was floating above me as, as just the overall experience there at Coda and then what he was able to do. So I wanted to get your take yeah. on that so um we're we're rolling into uh, uh 2020 uh you've put that particular tape out uh you're looking at the the seat time um you're also working full time um i always uh, think that that's interesting of those that are juggling school um or um the other things colin Kamitsky is one of the uh, road indie drivers takes a full course load at the university of pittsburgh and and still does that so uh i i give him a credit and then yourself for uh, doing the work and, and going through this um let's talk about uh your reflections on um Uppity. Did you know the story of Willie T. Ribs uh, much uh, before you got to sit down and watch that? So many years ago, um, 
I did read about him. I remember seeing a picture of him in pit lane. He was looking to the left. I'm just <laughs> pit lane out there, but I remember. And I just remember reading about him a little bit on Wikipedia, but the film did not capture the anywhere near as much emotion as what his career was like. Mm-hmm. Then it was when I was reading the actual article. I, I actually started crying during the uh, Indy 500 hot lap because I, I felt the raw determination and just devotion to give it his all. It, it was just all or nothing. And that's, that's in a way, that's how I'm leading my life. It's all or nothing. Like I can't say, uh, well, I well, I have to be smart about it as well. I don't know. I don't, he, he said he put his left foot on top of his right foot. So he didn't touch the brake. I don't know about all that, but, <laughs> but um, just, he, just feeling his emotion through the way he was talking and watching that film. I, I had, I couldn't stop, but to help but tear up. Because uh, is the, the the struggles he went through just to get there, and he was giving it his all, and he's he's also one of my childhood heroes. Just, just, it was amazing watching that video, that, that documentary. I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> Definitely gonna watch it again. Seeing him at Baltimore uh, the Grand Prix, and he was there as a. Uh... Uh, a speaker on one of the the stages on the the fan fest um that approach that he's had to take um the what what some would say a chip on the block or ch- chip on the shoulder uh type of approach um because truly nothing was given to him he had to um dig quite a bit um right. a product yeah. of the times that we were in um, not as enlightened, not as uh, uh, open, uh, although some days I still wonder where we're at. And uh, that really was b- between that and the Janet Guthrie ESPN 30 for 30 uh, film, uh, that would be something for, I, I would suggest to you if you haven't seen as well, um, and for our, our listeners and those that watch the show, those are, are two prime examples of what it takes to race and that um, the young drivers such as, as David um, are going through that at the, as a microcosm of just trying to get into a, a car, whether it be on the Lucas oil formula on an F 1600 um, in the F four, those types of things. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear your reaction to it. Um, it was moving to me. Um, there's, there's some of the old Al Unser Jr. Uh, interview when he's in victory lane, uh, there, there's just something about Indy and, uh, that focus that, uh, Willie T had, but then also the success that he had, uh, driving in, in sports car championships and the, uh, uh, victories that he was able to accomplish. He was, he, he, Wally Dallenbach and then, uh, leading into then Scott Pruitt as a competitor. Uh, they were quite dominant, and that, that Trans Am series was something else uh, during that time frame. Mm-hmm. And um, me as a driver, I never want to lim- lim- limit myself to what I want to drive because I feel my rate of adaption is pretty high, and it's 
I, I every lap I do, it's methodical to how I do it. I because I, when I was watching how uh, Willie T. Ribs was in tra the Trans Am series, I, I always thought about driving sports cars. Like mm -hmm. even though I do have a goal for either IndyCar or Formula One, everyone has different paths. Mm -hmm. I can either start in formula cars, go off to sports cars, go to drag racing, come back to sports cars, and then go to, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever it may be. But um, yeah, like, I, well, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> but yeah, just, I never want to limit myself to what I want to drive because I, I feel racing is the main passion. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, it's been for so many years, just an obvious passion of mine, whatever I can drive, I will drive it and I will learn and adapt to succeed. Yeah. And that's where the dollars, that's where the backing, that's where the support allows you to focus, allows you to stay on one part. So you don't lose your train of thought. It allows you to uh, really solidify on one type of car and, and take that particular path. And, mm -hmm. um, you need to be behind the wheel. So that's something that goes into it. Uh, David, uh, really refreshing to hear your, um, your story, uh, to hear your, your quest uh, to try to drive. Um, do nothing but wish you the, the best on that approach. Um, I was listing down and going through, uh, uh, following in the footsteps when you think about it of uh, Wendell Scott, Mark Davis, uh, Chase Austin, Randy Bethea, Ryan Gifford, Willie T. Ribs, Bill Lester, Anton Brown, you brought up uh, drag racing, um, and George Mack, uh, uh, both George Mack and Willie T. Ribs driving in the Indy 500. Um, I wouldn't be complete in my interview if I didn't ask you uh, to dream with me for a little bit. What would it be like to start the Indy 500? Oof, man. I, as soon as he said that, I got a lot of goosebumps because the pinnacle of racing right there, you know, just the world's top drivers over 200 miles an hour for <laughs> just pure concentration and just all around team effort, you know, um, I, Just thinking about that, <laughs> you you really got me right there. Like it's, ooh man, I can't even imagine because I I'm taking my racing career a day at a time, looking at what's going to happen next and making decisions to help me progress. And right now, those top races aren't in the picture because I feel like if I have them in the picture, I might get ahead of myself and make decisions that I didn't mean to make and it'd be too early. Like if I, um, if I forced myself to do a year of indie lights when I wasn't ready, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I have to think about the financial state I'm in, think about the, the mental state I'm in and me as a driver. Can I take that on yet? Am I ready? So it's powerful. Taking it, 
Yeah. That's, yes. it, it's powerful when you think about it. Um, you don't need to see the entire staircase to take the first step. I think that was a uh, famous quote with, from Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, that step-by-step approach. Um, I also like to put it that when you're making that drive like you did from uh, uh, your dad from New Jersey to uh, North Carolina and then uh, to Kentucky, uh, there were parts of the time where you were driving with the headlights. You couldn't see the whole path, but you knew what was going on within the headlights and yes. react to that and do the best that you can and, and make the decisions on it. Um, yeah. But right. the stories about what those steps are uh, to get into the pinnacle and, and uh, uh, you made mention about uh, um, Formula One. Um, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to go to an Indy 500 uh, when you have that opportunity to attend uh, Cathedral, uh, then you, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get uh, what that is actually about. Um, best yeah. of luck to you as you go through. Uh, stay in touch. Um, I'm going to have uh, some 33 Dreamers that are reporting uh, from different racetracks that I can't make it to and love to include you in that, um, dropping some uh, selfie videos or, or information as you are out there racing because I'm sure that uh, uh, someone will uh, see you, want, want you as their ambassador for what they're trying to accomplish. And uh, again, nothing but the best on that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me uh, um, and showing the interest it's it, it means a lot to me and it was very nice to meet you as well <laughs> you got <laughs> so it. just talking to the internet it was very nice to meet you fantastic we will we will see you guys at the track um, you're gonna see some uh, different uh, videos as we start to approach uh, just uh, finalizing the schedule uh, of attending uh, so far I'm looking at over 15,000 miles of uh, driving uh, to the different tracks uh, over the year to cover um, the um, uh, Lucas Oil Formula Cars F1600. We'll also be at the season opener for the F3 and F4 at uh, Road Atlanta um, and then into the Road to Indy series, uh, which is just days away here in my uh, hometown area of Tampa Bay, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, so if you uh, like what you're seeing, if you want to give support to these young drivers, I'm going to put some links uh, here and in, in, in the article, um, but also would love for you to support this program, uh, share it. Um, we're on all of the major podcast uh, systems, so hit subscribe, especially as you're traveling to the different races. I'll put it in your rotation and be able to listen to it. I would love your feedback and comments. And until next time, keep dreaming. Thank you. David, thank you so much.